Good morning. Good morning to each of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are exceedingly glad. No, we're not in the sanctuary at 1000 West Ridgeway Street, but you already know how to do it. We make our homes our sanctuaries. We've been taught that over the last three years, and we have to do that this morning because we have a power outage due to storms that have impacted uh, central Mississippi, the Jackson area. And so we wanted to let those of you who are certainly uh, part of our online audience, part of our digital disciples, uh, you, you may be watching us and viewing us from uh, far away and had no idea of what's going on. So we wanted to come and share with you uh, that this morning we were, we're not having in-person service in our sanctuary, but we're making our homes our sanctuary once again, as we learned how to do that uh, during the pandemic. Uh, we are thankful that uh, so far, uh, we, we've been able to get in touch with uh, many of our members, and we're hearing that many of them are faring well. We do, however, uh, we have activated our deacons and our deacons ministry, uh, who will be helping to ascertain uh, if there are needs in our in our community, in our congregation, for those who might be impacted by the storms. There are many 
uh, who still have uh, power out uh, in their homes. And we know that uh, we've been told that that uh, food is going bad in some of the refrigerators and freezers and things of that nature. So there is there is on the screen right now uh, a link uh, that uh, you can use. You can click onto that link. It's also a part of the chat if you're watching by way of, of, of the K Chapel app. Uh, you can click that link. That link is also on the uh, Facebook page. And that allows you to tell us what's going on, where there are needs, if there are individuals uh, in our church community uh, that, that we need to be made aware of. Maybe they aren't able to communicate with us, but you are. And so you could submit on their behalf. And some of our deacons, some of our ministry leaders will be reaching out to them to know uh, what the need is and how we can assist them. The other thing that we've asked our members to do uh, is to use this day, though we are not in service, to use this as a day of service. Uh, so we need all of our members to reach out to our reach out to your pew members. If you're those per people who sit on the same pew with you, sit on the same bench with you, those members who minister with you, uh, reach out to them and make sure that they are good. The only way we can know this is if someone is, is doing the outreach and we need you, all of our members, uh, to help us in, in, in this respect, to know what's going on, to know where there is need. So uh, take this time, take this time today uh, to reach out. Don't assume that everybody is well. Make the phone call and uh, perhaps you will find out that someone is in need of assistance. You can go online, you can go to that link and submit on their behalf uh, if they don't have access to do that. We thank you again uh, for, for being a part of this, this community of faith. This is what it's about, y'all. And so uh, the church has left the building once again. We're not meeting uh, at 1000 West Ridgeway Street, but we're thankful that we're able to meet like this. And guess what I got, y'all? Y'all remember this? Y'all remember that, don't you? Yeah, yeah y'all remember that, the cave box. And so we, we, know how to, we know how to pray. We know how to have church in our, in our sanctuaries, in our homes. And we invite you to do that this morning. This morning, what we're doing is we're reaching back in the archives, y'all. And I heard, I saw some people writing in the text that y'all love to hear Pastor uh, Emeritus Buckley sing that song, I Know the Lord. One of the great joys uh, of my life was actually recording that album with him. Uh, we had a great time up at, up at uh, Mississippi Valley, which is his, his, uh, his alma mater. And uh, we were able to go up there and record that along with the uh, Voices of Love and and all of our musicians who played just a wonderful part in that. And that, that, was, that was a wonderful day. So uh, we, we, we reached back in the archives. And this morning, we're going to share with you a service that was actually done, a Father's Day service that was done in 2020. This was really as the pandemic just began. And so some of the things that you will hear and see uh, uh, will, will remind you of, of a few years ago incidents that were going on. Uh, a few years ago. Uh, so wanted to kind of frame that for you. Uh, so you will re recall when you when you hear certain things and you uh, hear certain conversations being had, uh, you'll remember what was going on. But this is a, a service uh, that that again was outside of the sanctuary. My father and I uh, had an opportunity to have some conversation. You will hear what that conversation is about. Uh, but again, we want to frame that, but also say to all of our fathers, Happy Father's Day. It is Father's Day. And so we celebrate all of our dads. We celebrate all of our fathers. Black fathers matter. Uh, yeah, I saw it. I saw somebody put it in there because, you know, I preached on Mother's Day. Black mothers matter. Somebody sent me a text. Hey, black fathers matter too. Absolutely. Black fathers matter. We thank God for all of our fathers on this morning. Happy Father's Day to you all. Again, again, help us collect any information that we need so that we can assist uh, those of you who are in need, uh, remember that our church offices are closed until the power uh, returns. And for those of you who are, are going to be going to the National Baptist Congress of Christian Education in Louisville, uh, that trip is still scheduled. We will still leave from the church at the appointed time, the assigned time. So all of that is still happening as, as normal. Uh, so our young people meet at the assigned time, our youth leaders meet at the assigned time at the church uh, for that trip. It is still on, but all everything else uh, until the power returns. And we're hopeful that the power will return later this evening. That's that's the suggestion that we're getting from Entergy right now. 
so we hope that that, that uh, continues to be the track uh, for today. Amen. God bless you and God keep you. So this is Father's Day from 2020. Again, we wish you well and God, God bless you all. Good morning and welcome to K Chapel. We welcome you on this day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we're glad about it. Thank you so much for joining us. We want you to share this with your family and with your friends. Let them know that we're on live right now because we want you and everyone connected to you worshiping with us on this Lord's day. Amen. 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 God bless you. Listen, it's Father's Day weekend and I'm excited to be here with my dad. It's a, a wonderful day to celebrate fathers throughout the nation and throughout the world. Uh, and, and, you know, oftentimes we, we celebrate mothers in, in high fashion on Mother's Day. Fathers always come up a little bit short, but, but I'm glad that, that we're able to, even in the midst of a pandemic, uh, to celebrate fathers in, yeah. in, a, in a grand style. And I'm, I'm glad to be here with you this morning. I am too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so listen, um, Father's Day weekend. Uh, uh, we, we, we have, we've been, actually been in a, I, I guess you could say a, a bit of a turmoil with our nation. Um, we've seen some pretty yeah. dramatic things happen with yeah. black men yeah. um, dying at the hands of, of yeah. law enforcement. Yeah. It's a rough time right now, particularly yeah. for black fathers, black men throughout the nation. What what kind of word of inspiration or word of hope would you give to men right now? Well, right now, I think we have to think about who we are, what we stand for, and how we lead our families to higher ground, uh, thinking about what comes next. How are we to carry ourselves in a situation like what we're in? It's trouble, but we know how to handle trouble. And we should give an example of when it's a weight on us, it's trouble, it's unusual, it, it's, 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 it's something that we got to go through. Yeah. And so we take our families through it uh, with the kind of examples that show them how to live what we expect. So, so interesting. I don't know if you remember the story or not, but but um, the things that happened a few weeks ago and have been happening for a long time are not unfamiliar to you. I remember a story that you told yeah. uh, me when I was a child about yeah. um, when you were a, a principal at Lanier High School and there was a break-in at Lanier, and as the principal, you had to go in and turn the alarm off, yeah. and you were met yeah. with police officers yeah. in that in that building, and they were thinking that you were the perfect. Yeah. yeah, you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. I mean, it was one of those times when you you tested whether you got your the right mind, the right attitude, and you're in a situation they don't know who you are, and you don't know. What, how they gonna react? Yeah. And you hoping that they don't do nothing drastic? Yeah. And you said, wait a minute, I'm, and your hands are up. Yeah. And automatically, you 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 you're in a situation where you got to choose the right words and yeah. and and actions. Yeah. 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 You you you. I remember you saying you you actually had to talk the police officer down. Yes. You, you yeah. had to de-escalate him yeah. uh, because he, he had a weapon already drawn. Yeah. And you 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 said he didn't particularly. Know who I was yeah. And yeah. He was wondering was I the perpetrator yeah. that I break in or yeah. was I trying to steal something? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out is he, am I going to get shot or is yeah. he too nervous? Or yeah. Let me talk him down. Yeah. And you go through that rapidly, but at the same time you are thinking about what could happen. Yeah. You know, he could be tripped up yeah. over and, and thinking that I may be trying to trick him into yeah. something. And it's it's unusual pressure. Mm. And you live through it and you talk through it and you take the other person with you through it to another level, a lower level than he's at at that particular time yeah. so that he doesn't make any drastic yeah. moves or action. Yeah. And you're thinking all the time, 
It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a terrible situation to be in when you are, first of all, you are seen as a perpetrator. Mm -hmm. You're you're an invader. Right. And and you know you got to you, yeah you got a gun pointed at you. Yeah. And you got to talk about wait a minute I'm 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 here I know I'm I'm not look like the person but I'm I, I am yeah. I'm supposed to be here I got some identification if you let yeah. me reach and get it or yeah. you come get it yeah you know and yeah. you have to talk him into his situation where he's supposed to be he's supposed to be. And that's what you have. And to the do. assumption, yeah, like you said, the assumption is because of your color, because of the yeah, location of the school, because of everything else, I know what he's you're not supposed to be there. Yeah. And you talked about saying, I remember you said, uh, and I had to say to him, listen, I'm taking these two fingers. That's right. And I'm getting my identification. And I want you to read And it. I want you to see it. You got to see yeah. this. Because yeah. you, you, I don't want you nervous. Yeah. Yeah. You make me nervous. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, it's, it's, it's an unusual situation, and it it certainly tests you, and you got to use all of your ingenuity mm -hmm. to make sure that you give it that person the information he needs, yeah. so that he doesn't make a mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 a tough time. It's a tough time for for, for men, for Absolutely. black men, for black fathers. Absolutely. But it's also it's also a hopeful time. Yeah. So in our in our own congregation, we have uh, at least two who come to mind right now who are new fathers. Okay. Uh, two new fathers. One yeah. had a, a baby son born. Yeah. Uh, I think a couple of weeks ago now. Uh -huh. Well, no, last week it was. Uh -huh. Uh, Stephen Wright has a new baby boy. Carol McLaughlin, our organist, yeah. uh, has a new baby boy uh, yeah. as well. Yeah. And uh, so I'm thinking about these young men who yeah. are new fathers. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about when I was a, a new father. Yeah. Uh, what, what advice might you give to new fathers right now? What would you say to a new father who's coming into this new world of, of raising a child? A new father has to think about the responsibilities that he's going to face and be thinking about how he's going to train that child and set the right tone and make the right moves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, it, this, it is a tremendous responsibility, and we have to take it step by step and make sure we don't miss a step yeah. when we are teaching our children and teaching other adults. Yeah, who are in touch with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one one thing, one thing uh, I want to talk about, and I, I, you know, we could talk forever because that's what we do. Uh, okay. <laughs> but um, you know, I think one of the things that that fathers have to be, um, and this is something you taught me, um, is to is to have the capacity to to forgive. Yeah. Um, that that. I, I remember, I remember, man, this messed with me so much. I remember, see, I used to like to barbecue. Yeah. And yeah. and on the backyard, um, I was, I was, uh, I lit the coals for, uh, so, to, to, to barbecue some pork chops or something. Yeah. yeah. And the, and the coals weren't getting hot fast enough. Okay. And we ran out of lighter fluid. Well, we got some gas. <laughs> I know where you're going. I know where you're going. I went and got gas. Yeah, yeah. I went and got gas, and and poured the gas on there, and 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 struck a match. And I'm thinking it's just lighter fluid, yeah, uh, yeah. but just high power lighter fluid. Yeah. I didn't get the, the, I didn't appreciate how flammable gas really was. Yeah, yeah. and I lit that gas, and it exploded. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and and the the bar the grill was right next to the house. Absolutely. And so this fire is going. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to get water to the thing, and I'm running in and out of the house trying to just carry yeah. uh, pitchers of water to yeah. put it out. Yeah. It's not going out. Um, and finally, I think you hear the door opening and closing up. You're like, what's going on? Yeah. And by that time, the roof yeah. is on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you come out, and you're looking. And you grab the garden hose, and that's right. I was trying to get the garden yeah, hose, yeah, yeah. but but it was it was I couldn't undo it. It was right. it was connected to the right. sprinkler. I couldn't right. get get it undone, yeah. 
and you get an undone from the square, you're like, go call the go call the uh, the fire department. Yeah, yeah. You get the thing undone. You before the fire department came, you got the fire put out. I don't know how you did yeah, that, yeah. but you got the yeah. fire put out. And I was I was just done, man. I was I was like, man, I almost burned our house yeah, down. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was burned yeah. the house down. Yeah. And I remember my my fingertips were yeah. singed. I was like, it was, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. And you looked at me, and I was like, I'm fixing to get it, man. I'm fixing to get it. <laughs> and and you looked at me. You was like, Did you learn your lesson? Yeah. yeah. And I was I like, it. I got it. Then. I guess. I, yeah, I learned. Because I, I was expecting it. Yeah. It was like, All right, that's good. let's go. Let's go. Keep it moving. And you forgave. And I was like, Man, I, and that 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 stayed with me for so long. Mm. That I was like, I almost put our our family out of house and home, yeah, yeah. and and you didn't. I mean, you you didn't hold it against right, me, right? Right. And right. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was uh, yeah. it was always that. And I talked to you about that later on. He's like, listen, yeah. everybody make mistakes. It yeah. wasn't. Thank God, it wasn't yeah. A, yeah. a mistake that right. took life right. and, and everything right. else. Right. And you and we move on. And yeah. uh, but you you taught me about the capacity to forgive yeah. your child. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When you know it's an honest, yeah. Yeah. honest mistake. Honest mistake. Honest mistake. Absolutely. And you have to do that. You have to do that if you if you intend for your children to learn how to cope with what life is going to offer. Yeah. 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 Well, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for being a great dad. All right. Yeah. 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 You're a great love son, you. too. <laughs> and I love you. All right, man. <laughs>
said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set out for a distant country. There he squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pies that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against the heavens and you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against heavens and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. So they began to celebrate. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for allowing us to be here today. Thank you for allowing us to actually have a chance to celebrate another Father's Day, Lord. Lord, I, I want to give you thanks for giving me an opportunity to be a father. And I pray that we can take your leadership Take your guidance to be the father that you want us to be. Lord, I pray for the church. I pray for the world. I pray for everyone. I want to give you thanks and ask these words in Son Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Right now, we have an opportunity to worship through our giving. You can give by any number of ways, by texting out the number on your screen, or you can give through the K-Chapel app. As always, you can drop your offering in the mail or come by the office. But whatever you do, let's make sure you do so regularly, cheerfully, and liberally. God still loves a cheerful giver. Oh, to all the fathers, happy Father's Day. <laughs> I'm a witness. Oh my God. I'm a 
The parable of the prodigal son is one of the most familiar parables in scriptures. And although Jesus does not tell this parable as a prescriptive teaching on good parenting, if, if you zero in on the father's actions and reactions of his two sons, to his two sons, there are a few things that I believe can speak to the nature of raising and responding to the changing needs of children. Perhaps that's a good place for us to start, the changing needs of children. I think what throws a lot of parents is the fact that as our children grow, their needs change. As they grow, their perspectives of us change. And, and with that change in perspective comes a change in their expectations of what we know, what we understand, and what we can provide. What our children think about us changes over time. I need for some parent and some father in particular 
to hear me this morning. What your child thinks about you now will change. Don't get too caught up in where you are now and the stage you're in now in your relationship with your children because if it's been basically healthy, a healthy relationship, they will change and so will their relationship with you. The Lord gives them time to live and see and ask questions and experience life. They will change their minds and their opinions about you. And with that change in perspective will come a change in attitude, a change in interaction, a change in expectation, and a change in understanding. Your job is to wait for and work through the change. Don't get too tied up where they are and with what they think about you now. Somebody said it like this. At four years old, the child will say, my daddy knows everything. At eight years old, the child will say, my dad's really smart. At 12 years old, my dad doesn't know as much as I thought. At 16 years old, my dad is clueless. At 21, dad is just pretty out of touch. At 30, dad is pretty sharp for his age. At 40, I wonder what dad would think about this. At 50, I wish I knew half as much as my dad knew. They change. And the parable of the prodigal son can help fathers in particular to walk through the changing interactions and the shifting dynamics of father and child relationships. And so now again, for strict exegetical purposes, this parable is not told to give us tips on parenting. Jesus tells this parable because the Pharisees have been watching him interact with those who were considered to be sinners. The religious people began spreading gossip. You, you know religious people can be gossipy. They started saying, this Jesus calls himself the son of God. He's, he's supposed to be all holy, and yet he's dealing with sinful folk. He's eating with the wrong people. He's conversing with the wrong crowd. He's sharing his time with the wrong group. It's, it, it's, it's kind of how some people right now are trying to put Christians in a box and, and say that we shouldn't be found with certain groups and associating with certain movements and, and be found in the number at certain protests because they aren't Christian in nature. They don't have a Christian agenda. They, they were not organized by Christians. And if you start marching with them, you will lose your identity in theirs and, and they will somehow uh, uh, taint your witness and, and tint your cause. But, but let me say this right now. I'm a Christian wherever I am. I'm a Christian in whosoever company I'm in. If I show up with Black Lives Matter, I'm a Christian. If I show up with the ACLU, I'm a Christian. If I show up with the AFL-CIO, I'm a Christian. If I show up with the NAACP, I'm a Christian. If I show up with the Human Rights Campaign, I'm a Christian. If I show up with the National Urban League, I'm a Christian. It doesn't matter with whom I associate as long as I know my identity and I understand my agenda. Jesus was eating with the wrong people and the religious community had a fit. And it's in that context that he tells these three parables. First is the parable of the lost sheep. Secondly is the parable of the lost coin. And thirdly is the parable of the lost son. Each of these is in response to the Pharisees' objection to the company that Jesus kept. But it's in the parable of the prodigal son, the lost son, that, that we can mine some unintentional nuggets on parenting when we look at the actions and the reactions of the father in this story. You know the story. A man has two sons. The younger of the two, the baby boy, comes to his father one day and asks him for his inheritance. Uh, and right away you see this baby boy exhibiting a kind of entitlement. Give me my inheritance. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Give you your inheritance. He already knew that his father was well off. He already knew what his father had amassed. He already assumed that with all of the resources that he had grown up with, that his dad was already making provisions for him after he had died. So the son says, Dad, I know you've got your will already written, and, and I figure you're going to split your estate between me and my brother, but, but I've got a proposition to make. Why don't you give it to me now? Let me make good on it now and do with it what I'm going to do with it. I, I know you've got it, and, and I know it's going to be mine So after you're gone, so why wait? I can do something with it right now, and, and it'll be a blessing to me right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, now, I would assume that 
that the discussion takes place, even though it's not in the parable, knowing human interactions, this father and son had to have a conversation. Now, I would imagine that this father tried to convince the son otherwise, but, but because the son was on his head to do what he wanted to do and have what he wanted to have, the father weighed his options and decided to do as the son had requested. And parents know this place, the place where you know better, you, you already know how things are going to turn out, you already see up the road what they can't see, but, but you also know that you can't convince them no matter how much you talk, so, so you come to the point where, and, and this is the first point that I want to say, uh, that as a dad, you have to give children space to go and grow. Mm -hmm. You have to give children space to go and grow. Give me my inheritance. This is the place where you decide that the lesson that needs to be learned may cost something. And if it's not going to be too detrimental, then this is where, as a father, you must know how to back off without backing up. In other words, there will come a time when you will need to give your child the space to explore and discover and figure some things out on their own. Why? Because you can't teach them everything that they'll need to know. Just this morning on my Facebook page was a post that I wrote in 2012. Here's how it reads. Thanking God for a father who gave me enough room to discover myself, yet set enough boundaries to keep me safe, who said enough to let me know he was listening, but was silent enough to let me hear God's voice celebrated with me enough to let me know he was proud, but let enough moments go by without his presence so that I would have a healthy perspective about relationships. You see, there's something about giving the child space to go and grow. What I was trying to say in that post was that I think part of what involves good fathering is properly negotiating the space between active presence and restrained availability. It's being there, but not always in the foreground. Intentionally being seen when needed, but fading far enough back so that the child has the space to learn and explore without the overbearing and overwhelming presence of the father. And yet, that space is something that the father is still very familiar enough with. I want to give an example of that. When I was in college, some of you may know and some of you may not know, I was actually a DJ. DJ at a local establishment. Mm -hmm. Some of you call it the clue. Okay. And, and, and I can imagine, I can imagine just like the Pharisees in Jesus' day, there was probably some gossip, some talk. That's the preacher's son who's DJing in the club. And I, I really don't know how you handle that, but, but, but apparently you handled it well enough because here's what I thought. I thought that I had negotiated uh, the cost of my services. I thought I had negotiated being in the place and, and all of my time. And little did I know that my boss was actually your classmate. When I became about 28 or 29 years old, he finally had the conversation with me where he said to me, before I let you go and do that, I went to my classmate, your boss, and had a discussion with him. And so it felt like it was my space, but it was space, space that you already knew. It was, it was a conversation that you already had. And, and apparently you had already told your classmate, watch out for my son. That's right. Make sure he doesn't go too far. And if he does, call me. I, I understood that a little bit later. But, but it took you having the faith and having the courage to be able to let me negotiate yeah. or at least think I was negotiating yeah. the space that you had already negotiated for me. So giving the child space to go and grow on their own. Whatever the scenario, in giving the space to go and grow, you are not turning your back on your child. You are not closing your door to the child. In fact, it should be clear, crystal clear, where you are when they need you. Let me say it this way. When you let them go and grow, never go missing.
never turn away. I mean, if necessary, draw the necessary line so that clear expectations and boundaries are established, but always be found at the line. Always be where you said you would be. Number two, what's a dad to do? Remember this, life will teach children what you can only tell them. I think every parent has to come to the realization that there are some things that you can tell your child, but even in telling them, you can't teach them. Some things that children have to learn on their own. I know you wanna teach them. I know you want them to learn it before they leave you, but, but there are some lessons that are only learned in the school of hard knocks. <laughs> There's some lectures that can only be given by Professor Life himself. There's some courses that are only taught at the U of A, the University of Adversity. And as much as it is in your nature to shield and protect and teach there, there is that moment that as a parent and as a father, you must wait for your child to learn what you could tell them, but you couldn't teach them. This boy in the parable goes, he goes away with his inheritance and perhaps he has big dreams, big ideas for what he's going to do and where he's going to go and the kind of life he's going to have and where he's going to live. But his immaturity shows when he finds himself out of money, out of friends, out of resources. And it's in that state of being broke that he was broken. It was in his lack that, that he was a student ready to learn for the text says that he came to himself. In other words, the light bulb went off. He woke out of his slumber and, and came to understand something about life, something about money, something about friends and fake friends at that, something about life catching up with you, something about reaping what you sow and something about the value of money, he, he came to himself. But only being broke allowed him to be broken enough for things to suddenly come into focus. Being broke, <laughs> being broke allowed him to be broken enough to admit to his mistakes. Being broke allowed him to, to be broken enough to see what the father, his father was trying to tell him. Being broke allowed him to be broken enough to see where exactly he had gone astray. Being broke can break some things off of you and can break the sense of entitlement. Being broke can break the attitude of laziness. Being broke can break the spirit of self-centeredness. Being broke can break some stuff. And it's in his brokenness that he comes to appreciate not only the value of money, but the value of relationships. Look at what he did. He, he went and found a job. That brings me to my third point. As a father, what do you do? As a parent, what do you do? You watch for evidence of transformation. This boy did not resort to a life of crime. He had some kind of work ethic inside of him. He, he didn't start robbing people. He, he had some moral consciousness about him. He didn't go to tricking people out of their money. He had some value system in him that did not let him become what he was not. I used to hear the old church say, if you put it in them, it'll come out of them. The Bible says it like this, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. In other words, there was something inside of this son that the father had imprinted and instilled in him that even in his brokenness, there were some things that he just would not do. Even though he didn't have anything, he didn't go stealing from somebody else. Even though he was broke, he, he wouldn't take from someone else. He went and found a job. Now I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't the job that the father had envisioned for his son, for he was, keeping pigs, but it was a job. I'm sure it, 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 it wasn't the job that, that the townspeople uh, envisioned for. I, I, I can imagine that they came back with, with word to this man, this proud man who, who had amassed so much. Did, did you hear that his son is working in a pig farm in a kosher society? 
Sure, he had to be somewhat disappointed. But at least he wasn't stealing. Sometimes, parents, life will make you have to adjust your dreams. It's not what you hoped for. It's not what you had envisioned. It's not what you saw and prayed would be their lot in life. But being a successful father is learning how to watch, wait, and see when the child starts to make the turn in the right direction. It wasn't the future that you hoped for, but if they're making the turn, it's not the career that you envision, but if she's making the right turn, it, it's not the kind of relationship that you had hoped, but if they're making the right turn, look for evidence of the transformation. And thank God for every degree of the turn that they're making in the right direction. Finally, number four, forgive the follies of children. I talked about it earlier when my dad forgave me for almost setting the house on fire. The son decides to go back home. And even though he has a job, it's a low wage job. It doesn't pay enough to keep him from being hungry. So much so that the text says that he starts to look at the pig's feet and because of his hunger pains, he decides in that moment, I'm going back home. Now, in order for him to return home, the father could not hold on to grudges. In order for that boy to come back home, the father had to be willing to forgive the son of his mistakes. See, it's hard for us to remember our own mistakes, but we all have made some. You've made some, and you've had to be forgiven. Remember that you made mistakes too. And when the son returns home, the father is there to receive him. Listen, we all are going to mess up. You did, I have. It's part of life. But in parenting, you've got to develop the capacity to forgive, to recognize that, that it's part of the process of growing into the people that we're finally going to be. My prayer for you is that all of our fathers, you would recognize that your child, your son, your daughter has a promising future, that God has wonderful plans and hopes and expectations that that God has already designed for them, but in the process of it all, give them space to grow, give them space to go, to explore, to figure out life, and then give them space also to make mistakes, to come to the knowledge of who they are and who God has uniquely created them to be. And when you do that, when you do that and believe that, that God will cover you and your mistakes, because you're going to make some too. I'm talking specifically to my new fathers right now. Don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> I remember some things, and I won't say it all, but I've made some mistakes. So don't be too hard on yourself. God will cover what you can't reverse. God will give you grace and mercy for the things that you've messed up. And when it's all said and done, when you have done your best and you give it over to God, I believe that God will do the rest. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. And give you his peace. This is a moment when you can do exactly what children do. Children mess up. Children hope that their father or mother would forgive them. And here's the good news. If when we mess up, we have a heavenly father who's ready, willing, and able to forgive us. Forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're here, if you're there at your place of, of residence and, or you're in your car or wherever you are watching right now, Whatever you've done, the good news is that you can always come back to the Father. Why don't you pray this prayer with me now? Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me of my wrongdoing. I admit that I messed up. I haven't done everything right. But Lord, right now, just like the prodigal son in the parable, I'm coming back to you. 
Receive me now with open arms. Receive me now with a loving heart. And Lord, I want to be your child. Forgive me of my wrong. Cleanse me and make me right. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to do the next thing and call the number that's on your screen right now. There's someone waiting to talk with you and to lead you into next steps that you might live out your new faith in Jesus Christ. We're waiting to hear from you. Won't you call right now? Again, we celebrate our fathers on this Father's Day. We congratulate you. We pray for you that God will continue to bless, sustain, and strengthen you in your role as fathers. And now may the grace of God, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Trouble too.